0: Hello, everyone. Um, This is your host, Dr. Tommy Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Kara Atchison. She is a burnout educator, and she offers practical advice to recover from burnout so you can feel your best. And she knows from her personal experience what it's like to burn out. Even twice, she's experienced that. She acknowledges that often burnout is subtle at first, but it builds up over time. She's also a healthcare professional and has worked in the healthcare field for over a decade. She has a bachelor's of science in nursing. Her area of passion and expertise is in health promotion and most importantly, prevention. She looks for ways to improve health and wellness while preventing people from getting sick. And she shares her experiences with others. So you know that you're not alone and it can happen to everyone. With no further ado, I'd love to introduce my guest, Kara. Kara, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell the audience a little bit about you well,
1: so you, you said a lot of really wonderful things right there, but yeah, in a nutshell, um, I still work full time. I work in healthcare. I've been there for a decade. I had my bachelor's of science in nursing. Um, super passionate about health promotion and prevention. And that started kind of selfishly when I'm like, oh, how can I live a really great life? And I didn't do so well. I <laughs> burned out a couple of times. And then I thought, why didn't I know this? Why wasn't this on my radar? And then I looked around at my colleagues and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't think you know this either there uh, let's have some conversations and then that kind of transitioned into where I am today <laughs> and why I'm with you today
0: yes did you so what was the moment you realized that you were burnt up do you remember what was the situation I do it's interesting
1: you have those moments where you can almost close your eyes or you hear a song or there's a smell or something that comes on and you can just transform back there and I was sitting at my desk at work and it was a Thursday and it I had just broken down in tears again for the third time that day and I was like this is not my Normally me, I'm not one to cry in public. I'm not one to cry in front of other people. Usually I can find a appropriate time for myself to cry. And I couldn't, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't control it. It just took over and it just had to get out. And I'm like, this something, I think that was the moment. Well, I think I know that was the moment when I finally said something, all the reading I've been doing, I'm burnt out.
0: Yeah. What did you do when you realized?
1: Well, I, I went and I cried. I finished my cry. <laughs> And then I kind of put one foot in front of the next and finished my work day And as I was driving home, I had a note in my hand from um, my nap confusing me from work on a stress leave. And I said, I'm going to submit that tomorrow. Like I, before I left that day, I made an appointment with my manager to say, hey, I need to meet with you. And then I went home, unloaded everything to my husband. And this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. And he said, yes, like, why didn't you do this sooner? <laughs> So that's, uh, what I did on that Friday. I packed up my stuff and then took off for a month. That's good.
0: How did it feel being off? Cause I'm sure with, you know, your profession, you're usually on the go. So a whole month.
1: It was it, honestly, that was the scariest thing to do was to, I had the note in my hand. I had talked with my healthcare professionals. They were in support. My family was in support. But me personally, it was this mental block I had to get over because there was this expectation like you can do this Like keep going you can do it or try different things like why why can't you do this sort of thing like keep trying so it was that mental block that I had to get over to say I'm trying everything and I need to try something different something I've never done before because what I'm experiencing right now I've never experienced this before to think this extent so it was really surreal I mean we still have our personal life so it's not as if I could just sit at home and read books and drink coffee all day like have a Family and I have little ones, so it shifted into like full mommy mode, and uh, it was really nice not to have to think
0: about work for a month. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I can I can totally relate with that. You know, I too had reached that point of burnout where I faced that I was done and had to take a long break, months actually, just because it was other circumstances going on as well. But yeah, that realization and having that cry of relief i call it ugly cry too it's just like
1: Ooh. oh yeah they're right? they're not pretty <laughs> they're not pretty. It, it, it
0: felt good to get it out because mm-hmm. you know you've been strong quote unquote but you need to also be human and listen to your body mm-hmm. pay attention to your emotions and know that you are more than just an employee
1: yeah it's interesting there's so much or i've built my life up where there was this expectation that there is so much identity and worth wrapped up in your work that like you said you almost lose who you are what you're doing or why you're doing it. Yeah, the lines kind of all seem to get blurred. You know, like what am I doing? Why am I here? And it when it starts to affect your health, which it was in my case, I'm like, this isn't okay. Like I can't I can't then keep showing up for the job even if I loved it if it's affecting my health and well being. Definitely. Yeah. When it
0: sleep so affects your personal relationships, did you find or
1: friendships? It affected everything. Yeah. It was like subtle at first that I could almost rationalize it like, oh it, it's not related to work. Oh it's you know something else or you know I got a bad night's sleep or whatever I was trying to tell myself (laughs) and then yeah it's very irritable at home I had no patience for friends for my children like my children are little I mean they make mistakes we're all human so just even that I was just miserable (laughs) at work and outside of work um, really trying to isolate myself as well which was interesting didn't want to connect with people because it was just another thing I had to do that I didn't have energy for Yeah. Um, which yeah in hindsight you look at all those different decisions
0: and you're like oh yeah those are huge (laughs) legs Definitely, Isolation is a big one. So now that you've experienced burnout and you've experienced it twice, how do you see people? Do you see people around you differently who are working and perhaps they're in the early stages of burnout, but unaware?
1: Yes. So definitely the, what I was sharing with the experience I had where I was crying and I couldn't control it. That was my second time. And I didn't fully realize until probably well into my recovery, probably at least six or eight months into my recovery that that was actually the second time. Because the first time I had a bit of other things going on. <laughs> so it was uh i can't handle this position i need to switch positions so that math things for a while but yes now being back seeing what i'm doing from a day-to-day to vent myself from going back into burnout and sitting and just even listening the words people use when they talk about the disengagement when they talk about like why like, what's the point like we just do the same thing every day nothing ever changes like that kind of like hopelessness you'll hear themes when people talk and i'm like oh like how's your stress because people don't usually say that they're not like i'm Stressed. I'm overwhelmed. Like so much chronic stress. It's not usually those words they use. It's the other kind of the themes that you start to notice. So it's neat to kind of touch them on. Well, how is your stress, and how are you managing your stress, and what are you doing and from a day to day? Is this being something that's gone on for a while, or is it you know just a one-off kind of thing? Hey.
0: Okay, so speaking of stress management, were there any tools or strategies that you found to be helpful in
1: your recovery? Yeah. I for the longest time I didn't think I got stressed out. So you can kind of hear like a denial thing in my early life and then I thought I was actually handling stress really well and I thought I could just have all the stress to go away or like the stressful event passed like come on stress leave but I had a reawakening awakening on my recovery when I started actually reading about it and just it's little things that you can do routinely that make a world of difference I mean just even being mindful I was so disconnected from what I was doing the actions I was doing and how that was making my body feel <laughs> so you just keep going through the motions, kind of that autopilot. So just even mindfulness, and I mean that can take so many different forms. Gratitude, but it's not that whole. Don't understand maybe the things that are more difficult, but having that appreciation, things that you're thankful for. My inner critic, that was really interesting. My inner critic really got up onto its soapbox when I was burned out, and I did not realize how loud it was yelling at me and how much mental energy I was giving it or living it. So just those things seem to help me identify stress, and then. And kind of, I mean, take a step back from it all, almost saying, okay, I'm stress labeling it as stress or this is what I'm feeling. And then you kind of have your response and that you can do to that.
0: And I, I how you mentioned the inner critic. That's a topic that we definitely talked about a few times on this podcast. And for those who are listening, that's that little voice that can tell us that we're not good enough, that what are you doing? Like it's not the most encouraging voice. No. So <laughs> it serves a purpose, but it has to be kept in check. Was physical activity part of your recovery
1: yes i think physical activity the thing that comes first is exercise like exercise class or structured something But i've totally shifted that to movement just moving your body so something as simple as walking your kids to and from school you're moving your body getting out in the garden dancing people i've seen um my site will see that i sometimes have a good song that comes on and i just take a step back and i just dance and any movement it's so important for completing your stress cycle and it's so important for managing your stress
0: and Exactly, Movement is key. I love it how you said you don't need like a, like a class or something specific that you go to. You just need feet and moving. Like mm-hmm. park further away. Walk places as long as it's safe to do so.
1: Yeah, I know that was a big thing of how do I add another thing to my to-do list? A class I have to be there or find the financial means to shift it into that. So it's
0: making it practical every day. Yeah, making it practical. So to listeners, it's really important that you find creative ways to increase your Activity. I know we're all busy. Some of us arguably are busier than others. So I tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. Okay? Running <laughs> multiple businesses and running after little people. So make it your priority. there another thing that from my own experience and experience with others, eating a nutritious diet is really important. Not so much having a diet per se, like following the Atkins or something, but eating whole foods. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. So
1: that's my passion is health promotion and prevention. Um, Nutrition is key in the sense of preventing disease and helping you feel good in the moment. So I've never bought into the diet culture, but eating nutritious foods, whole foods, eating foods in their natural state, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store (laughs) versus up and down the aisles. Just those key little things, valuing what you're putting into your body because then it will give you either positive or negative kind of outputs. Love it. So
0: we're referring to energy. Food is meant to give you energy, not drink. You know, mm-hmm. you might some people might notice that, let's say they eat like a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream or whatever their favorite is. They often feel sluggish and gross and tired. Well, that food, perhaps in that quantity, wasn't the best choice for you. Our food should be in a manner that is easy for us to digest and doesn't sit in our gut for days or weeks. Mm-hmm. So food is important. So what are you doing now to prevent burnout happening the third time? <laughs> oh, so it's, it's a fine line because, I
1: mean, stress is a normal part of your everyday life our stress response it's automatic so once I figured that out that I can't hide from it I can't deny it it's uh, okay how do I approach it so it's kind of balancing the stress management techniques as well as completing my stress cycle which I didn't realize that you had to do at first and you said one of the things moving my body and again it's a simple thing so what movement do I enjoy doing and then nutrition what foods do I enjoy eating and what gives me energy how do I feel after I eat something sleep has been a big thing. My kids are not necessarily waking up at night time, but I'm still waking up at nighttime. And definitely as my stress starts to increase the 3 a.m. wake-ups of myself where my worrying mind turns on. So just being mindful of that and thinking, oh, did I do stress completion cycles today? So that constant purposeful action as well as reflecting, could I have done something different or what's going
0: on in my life? So that mindfulness. Definitely. I love that. Now we're both in the healthcare field and interestingly, we've both been in it for over exactly thought that we're aging ourselves
1: only in our 20s I called myself a geriatric millennial the other day
0: <laughs> me too, I am one I'm a millennial barely right,
1: <laughs> if you're up, down one of the ways yeah, I, I am a millennial but definitely more, more versed, wiser yes, wiser, we're the wiser millennials wow, yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> and so we're both in healthcare and you know, with this pandemic and even before the pandemic, burnout was a real thing. Some people even call it moral injury, which is basically you want to do the best you can, but the situations given to you were not the most pleasant. many providers who are working in ICUs during COVID or frontline, just doing primary care, it can be exhausting. So, what do you think makes healthcare providers at such high risk for burnout?
1: Mm, good question. It's really, I mean, if we show up for a shift, the expectations, or the situations we find ourselves in are very unique. I mean, first responders, like there's other professions that have similar or comparable situations that they might be in, but from like a healthcare lens, you could face on a 12 hour shift, moral distress, trauma, death. And there's this expectation that you're going to carry on. Um, there's also this culture, I guess, of, well, we have to keep going. All this stuff needs to get done. And not necessarily that, um, environment where you have the time <laughs> or you have the comfort or vulnerability to say things aren't okay for me so when you're trying to keep going with all your expectations and you're facing all these different situations it's now the end of your shift and what do you do with all that or you know then you're into your next responsibilities your family responsibilities your parental responsibilities um it's almost there's not a time to catch your breath nor a culture of allowing you to share whatever needs to be shared.
0: Yeah, I love how you say that. Um, you don't know what you're getting. You know, there are days where you really see extremely tragic situations. You know, in my case with primary care, you get to know, you know patients for a long time, and sometimes you have to bear bad news, and it's mm-hmm. they become like family, and it's next to impossible to take, turn off humanity. Mm-hmm. And I believe as humans, we weren't intended to be under constant stress 24/7. Like it was supposed to be to escape, like a bear or whatever or something for a period, not month after month after month after year. Mm -hmm. So for those healthcare providers and those who are feeling burnt out, please take time for yourself. Burnout can affect every aspect of your life. Everything that you value, if you're not careful, can be tainted. It's like gangrene. Once it sets in, you have to literally amputate the part that is sick. Burnout is no different and it doesn't make you weak. It just makes you human. So advocate for yourself. Create healthy balance Surround yourself with people who understand what it's like to be in this situation. Unless one has walked the path of a healthcare provider, I feel like they don't necessarily understand what we go through. And you might find even your partner who may or may not be in healthcare may not understand where they can tune off after work and maybe go sit in the couch and watch TV. You're thinking about decisions made, outcomes, people's lives. It haunts you. And burnout and the other piece of haunting is PTSD. That's also very common Especially in first responders, I find because they literally are picking up the pieces in tragic accidents or whatnot. So take care of yourself, everyone. Burnout does not have to happen. Largely, it's in our power to prevent it or at the very least reduce it by being mindful, as Kara said, by incorporating movement, eating whole foods, taking a break, reaching out, and knowing it's gonna be okay. You got a long Kara. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners? I just I have a flurry
1: of emotions hearing you talk about that I I love that we're normalizing burnout I love that we're talking about stress because it's the silence that that kills having the conversation talking just even I'm not okay just even starting there having the courage to share that and finding somebody who can relate or who will listen but it's it's not a fun place to be no you don't need to be stuck there there's other people who can help you if you are there
0: yes and if you're there it's often so easy to start feeling guilty that you're not you know working at your full capacity to do or at work. But you know what? At the end of the day, you are, you are, there's only one of you and you you need you and your family needs you. And I, I said this to people in the past and some people have been offended, but I'm going to say it again. Our jobs will replace us. We are replaceable. Yep. Something were to happen to you, they will find a replacement and business will go on.
1: And it's hard to think about when you care so much about your job or you see yourself as such a valuable team player, but if you're not well, then you can't be there either. You're sick or unable to show to work, then you're not helping your team either. Exactly.
0: So with that positive note, everyone, I hope you take our words to heart. And if you feel that this is something that resonates with you, this is something that potentially you're going through or you're a loved one, please find somebody who understands the old way of thinking suck it up, buttercup or all that jazz. That's toxic. No. Healthy boundary. Balance. You deserve to be healthy and happy. So with that being said, this is Dr to Mitchell with a lovely Kara for the mental health and wellness show. Till we meet again, everyone. Bye.